2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nedra glover towab, and you need to hear this. This week, we'll be talking about substance abuse within families. It is a topic that, you know, I don't think we talk about enough. There is some shame associated with being the child of an alcoholic or an addict, or even being a family member who is managing a relationship with someone who has an active addiction. You'll hear me talk more about that later because I think there is a difference sometimes in the relationship when a person has a active addiction versus when someone um, has been sober, particularly in the parent-child relationship. As we become adults and we're continuing to deal with many of the issues that we had to endure in childhood, it is, you know, I I think it's like a re-traumatizing that sort of happens and it's really hard to get through some of this stuff and to really heal because you're constantly being triggered. You're constantly having to manage some of these things that you're trying to work through. So, you know, either it's practice or it's pain. So we will get into today's later and we'll figure out, you know, what the deal is in the case for this father and son relationship. Let's listen to this caller.
4: Hi. Uh, so my father and I currently have a relationship that's based solely on the fact that he's my parent. There's minimal contact in person and via text, and I normally tend to not text him back because of my mixed emotions. He's an alcoholic from a long line of alcoholics. It's a generational curse in my family. He also partakes in substance abuse, and such as drugs, and misusing the multiple medications he's prescribed for his mental health issues including bipolar, anxiety, depression. He's been incarcerated multiple times for alcohol and drug-related issues, too, and he lost his license to drive. There was a time where he kept count of how long he went without drinking, but I'm not sure of how that's going for him. My gut says that it's not going well. When I was a child, one of my younger siblings passed away from health issues, and it caused my father to spiral. He turned to the substances to help him cope with reality, and eventually my parents divorced. After the divorce, my brother and I lived through a stage of shared custody, and we stayed at my dad's, and he was consistently drunk, high, and even passed out while us children fended for ourselves. That turned into a supervised visitation, which then turned into no contact until I was a teenager. I learned this year that my dad had accepted a financial bribe from my stepdad to not contact my brother and myself until we were old enough to make safe and smart decisions around him. That's a thought, isn't it? My dad could be paid off to not see his kids.
3: Three things stick out to me from what I just heard. The first part is based solely on the fact that he is my parent. That is the energy in which you are keeping this relationship. There is some expectation, I'm sure, on your father's part and also on your side of what that relationship should look like. However, this is a very complicated situation. And when you're in a relationship with someone who is managing It sounds like multiple addictions and mental health issues, and they have been for some time. And, you know, you stated earlier that the addiction was so bad when you were younger that visitation was stripped away. So this is a really complicated situation and keeping a relationship solely based on the role, we have to determine what does that look like for us? Perhaps it is, you know, maybe speaking to that person or, you know, in your case, your father once a year when you emotionally can handle it, or maybe it's not at all. So I'm sure we'll get to that portion of it, but those relationships that are solely based on the fact he is my parent, this is my mother, this is my sister, this is my brother, so on and so forth, it's hard to stay in them because there is no connection, there is no community, there is no respect, there is no nothing. You know, the relationship is there just because it's there. It's like keeping a TV that's no longer working. It's like keeping a car that we never use or we can't use that's broken. It's like keeping stuff, but why? It was my first car. It was the TV my grandmother got me. So sometimes we can really get attached to the title or the story behind a thing or what the relationship should look like and we stay in these situations even when the relationship is not what we want. The second thing is my gut says that he's not doing well with his addiction. So he's still very much in it. He's abusing prescription medications and other drugs and alcohol. So, you know, as I said at the top of this, it is challenging to watch a person continue to have the issues that you had to deal with in childhood you're constantly reminded of the past presently. And it's not because you're bringing it up or you're having these memories. It's like they're still doing it. And you will have to figure out how does that constant awareness of who this person is and what they do not bring to the table How is that impacting your life? How is that impacting your mental health? How is that impacting your substance abuse or misuse? How is that impacting your relationships with other people? How does that impact your relationship with yourself? So when someone is still in the behavior that they've always been in, you really have to start to consider how it's taking a toll on you. Third thing, your dad accepted a bribe to not care for you and I hear the feeling in that around him being able to be paid off Mm. I can't imagine but when we think about addiction and we think about what addiction is because I think sometimes when we don't have An addiction to a substance, it can be very hard for a non-substance abuser to think about what it must be like to not be able to leave alcohol alone or not leave drugs alone. That's the difference between having an addiction and being able to use something and not being addicted. When you have an addiction, it's not as if these life Factors or, you know, the people in your life. It's not like they don't matter, but it's almost like this thing has such a strong hold on me that I can't release it. This is the thing I need to feel normal. When in actuality, feeling normal is really hard. Feeling the sadness of losing your child, feeling... The, the sadness, the waves of mood swings that come with depression and anxiety and bipolar, those things are very hard. And that crutch of being able to escape and not feel is something that your father has not been able to move away from. So, you know, unfortunately, it's sad that he chose to make a decision to not be around you because he wanted to be able to support that addiction. But it's also one of the things that happens within an addiction. You know, I don't think people set out to harm their children. I think it's a byproduct of the addiction. It's something that happens when you're not able to take care of yourself. You can't take care of this other person. You can't be there for them in this way. You can't parent, you can't love yourself. You can't be in your story. You certainly aren't able to help anybody else with their story. Those are all reasons, certainly not excuses. This
0: is Neil Strauss
4: My father's ex-wife had gotten pregnant by another man during their marriage, but my dad chose to sign the birth certificate and be the parent. An issue now is that the daughter is a pre-teenager and wants to have a relationship with me, and my dad is really pushing that I need to fulfill the brother role. As it stands, I'm not interested in that relationship. I know in my heart all the child wants is a sibling relationship, but I don't feel like she's my family. The child has primarily been kept by the mother's family, so my time spent with her is very limited. My dad's really pushing for me to step into that sibling role, and I don't want to. Maybe my relationship with her is struggling because of my relationship with my dad.
3: What I'm hearing here, and, and sometimes we don't want to accept what we want, right? It's like, I don't want to not have a relationship with this person, but you clearly stated, I don't want to. I don't want to is all the information that you need. You don't have to create a story around it. It doesn't have a a deeper meaning behind it maybe it does maybe it is you know some of this hey she's not my biological sister or he was able to be there for her but what I'm hearing from this is I don't want to not wanting something to be the case when it is keeps us in this cycle of guilt and shame I feel terrible for not wanting this relationship with a person But guess what? I still don't want the relationship. Just sit with that. I don't want to. I do not want a relationship with this person. And honestly, you have so many other relationships that you need to work on. Maybe inviting this other party in could take away from the work that you already need to do. There are so many things that you're already working on with your, you know, your relationship with your brother, your relationship with your father, and add another potentially dysfunctional relationship. Maybe it's a, I don't want to for now, or maybe it's a, I don't want to ever, but it's not anything you need to decide today. But today you're saying, I don't want to, I'm not interested. I have enough things already.
4: When I did see my dad regularly, he was normally drinking or high. He says it's because being around my brother and I makes him nervous. He uses substances to try to calm down, but all it does is make me frustrated and angry. My brother also took after my dad and that he's also an alcoholic, has misused substances, and wants to live his life constantly high. They have even both used substances together. When I see my brother like that, it's like he's a copy of my dad. I get so frustrated with him because he doesn't understand the mess he's making of his life. I know I can't change or control him. I've suppressed the anger from my dad for teaching my brother to follow in his footsteps and I'm disappointed in my brother because he says he doesn't want to be like my father, but he's on the same track. Because I'm the oldest sibling and all those years ago acted as a parent to my brother when my dad wasn't stable, I've kept a brother's keeper mentality. Neither my dad nor my brother drive, so when I have spent time with them together, I was the driver. I felt like the parent carting around my kids. My dad doesn't work due to his mental health issues, he says, and my brother only works because he's expected to work. They both would prefer to spend their lives in an altered state of reality than deal with their issues. I feel like I've always had to be the mature, strong person.
3: Whenever you see your father, he is drunk or high, and he has stated he's doing that because he feels nervous. Well, the thing about substances is it is a way to treat feelings, right? So it could be any feeling. It could be nervousness, anxiety, depression, sometimes happiness and excitement. We will use drugs or alcohol to induce those feelings, but... I'm hearing the pain, I'm hearing the hurt, you know, it keeps coming up because your dad is not dealing with his substance abuse issues. So it's not even a pain that you can recover from because he's continuing to do it. And so that frustration and anger, it continues to be there because it's something that's not going away. It's like a prolonged problem. It's easier for us to accept when something is temporary. I remember being in labor with my youngest daughter and just knowing that I couldn't be in labor for like a week, a month, a year. It was like, I can handle this for the next five minutes. I can handle this for the next 10, you know, just getting myself through that. But if there was some idea that this could last indefinitely, I don't think we would be bearing children you know it's like who wants like long term pain and discomfort, if there is some end to it, it's like, okay, I can do this. I can work with this person in this issue. But when it is persistent, when it is not getting better, and sometimes we're seeing someone get worse, we have to think about the secondary trauma we are subjecting ourselves to by watching their chaos, watching their self-destruction, It is causing us some level of pain, and that's something that we can't ignore. And it seems like you are very in tune with your feelings. You know, I'm frustrated, I'm angry. Even though, you know, he's nervous, you're frustrated and angry, and you're there sober. Again, that's the difference between being able to manage You know, the use of substances and then misusing them, that he doesn't have that control. His go to for feeling is to abuse the substance. In my book, Drama Free, I have a story about this guy who has a father who's an alcoholic and he does not drink. And someone says, Why don't you drink? And he says, my father was an alcoholic. His brother is an alcoholic and they ask him, why do you drink? And he said, because my father is an alcoholic. We have different takeaways from the same situation. When we sit inside of things, we don't do it from the perspective of other people. We do it with our personality. We do it with our temperament. We do it as we are. And that's why you have these situations where, gosh, we experience the same stuff. How is this person following in? our dad's footsteps, how is this person repeating patterns and I'm over here being sober or I'm over here, you know, drinking and having some moderation or whatever it is that you choose to do. It is really based on who you are and what you gathered from those experiences. And I want to say with dysfunctional family patterns, one of the things that we often overlook is when we mimic some of these behaviors, we are building some level of connection, right? Like your dad and brother now have this in common. You don't have anything in common with your dad. So, in a weird way, it's like their relationship now has a little bit of compatibility to it. It's a very unfortunate thing, but it is one of those things that happens that, you know, if I continue in this cycle, I will have community, even if the cycle is unhealthy. We see it all the time with with gangs. We see it all the time with substance misuse. We see it all the time in so many things that can be unhealthy for us, that there is still community in that. There is still connection. And so your brother, in a way, has found a dysfunctional way to have this community with your father in a way that you will never have. And I don't think you can do anything there to change their dynamic, but again, it is sad to watch people be in patterns and certainly repeat some of those patterns when you've agreed with this person, hey this is unhealthy. I can't believe this person is doing this thing, but look at us. You know, you're you're doing it too and I and I'm watching you. The way that we manage our feelings, it can be contagious. If we see our parents coping in certain ways, we mimic that. There's tons of research on Children who have depressed parents having depression, not because of genetics, but because of the environment. You see how people respond when they're depressed. They retreat. They abuse substances. And so you start to mimic that when you have certain feelings. So it's, it's unfortunate, but it is disappointingly common. It's one of those things that happens when those patterns exist and it's in our environment for certainly a prolonged period of time. You know, your brother picked up on these coping skills that are not healthy. The last point here, I feel like I have to be the mature and strong person. I wonder how that continues to play out in your life. It's one thing to be put in that position, and it's really helpful for us to think about how we continue to put ourselves in that position. What are you doing now that is making you the mature and strong person? What agency do you have that you can Use in this situation. Maybe it's, I'm not driving people around anymore. Maybe it's, I'm going to start asking some more folks for favors. Maybe it's, you know, hey, this is how I can see you. This is where I can see you. Where is your agency in this statement? I've always had to be the mature and strong person. Perhaps that was true at a time, but currently are you choosing to be the mature and strong person? How do you step away from a role that you don't want to have? It's certainly not a fair role to have. How do you develop relationships with people that are mutually supportive, that are loving and restorative, that moves you away from having to be this hyper-responsible person?
8: I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Let's keep listening.
4: The last time I saw my dad was about a year ago when my grandfather was in the process of passing away from cancer. He didn't seem drunk or high then, but the interactions we had together were more awkward than familiar because our relationship is almost non-existent. His relationship with my brother is also non-existent. Now he occasionally texts me and says he loves me, misses me, wants to see me, and has gotten me gifts. In the past, when I have seen him, he rubs it in my face that I only want to see him for the gifts. My dad knows how his choices have negatively affected his life. I do forgive him, but I think I'm anxious that if I open myself up to a stronger relationship with him, I'll be let down again. It's not that I don't want to see my dad, because I would see him. I'd spend a limited amount of time with him as long as he isn't drunk or high. I'd prefer for us to meet at his mother's house, so it's not as awkward to be alone together. But she and her sister are alcoholics, too. He also considers his time more important. So when he's hours late, he doesn't understand why I'm upset. I know I can't control him and I have to accept that he's just a man who's struggling with addictions and that is who he is.
3: A part of substance abuse is having a certain level of self-centeredness because you have to take care of your addiction you have to get your substance abusing needs met and with that that sort of trickles down to other areas of life and in our relationships it can look like you know not respecting a person's time because guess what your dad's world is about your dad It's not about you and your time. It's not about, you know, what he does or what he says to your brother. It's really about him. There is some self-centeredness that is coupled with having an addiction. I'm hearing that I, I do forgive him, but you want to continue in the relationship in some way and you wonder if that's even a good idea. I wonder what forgiveness means for you. Sometimes we can forgive people and we continue in the relationship with the hope that they do better. Sometimes we can forgive people, and we accept them as they are. Sometimes we forgive people, and we do so privately without continuing a relationship with them. So I wonder, what does forgiveness mean to you? What does it look like in this relationship? I will say, with you saying, I forgive him, will I be let down again? yeah, from everything that you've stated in this letter, the first part of it is my gut is he's not doing well. So if being let down is him continuing to use substances, yeah, you will be let down again. And that's really hard to accept. So I wonder In this situation, what kind of relationship are you willing to have with your father? Can you have a relationship with him while he's abusing substances? Here is a really big question. When you have a parent who is still in their addiction, setting the expectation that they will become sober, it can be really disappointing for you because that's not a part of what you can control in this dynamic. What might be more realistic is to consider what kind of relationship you can have with an addict. You said that your father knows that his lifestyle has negatively impacted his life. How does he know that? Has he said that? Is that an assumption? Do you assume that because he has these relationship issues or he's not able to work or his family fell apart, that those should be things that are clear to him? Like, oh my gosh, you should see these things and you know that your life is deeply impacted by alcohol. Or has he said that? Assuming that he knows the depth of what his addiction has done and is doing may not be helpful for you. You know, I think you're giving him grace in a way that he may not have realized yet. He may not even know how impactful his addiction is. There are many addicts who are not aware of who they are in the world. I think addiction takes you away from yourself, right? You don't see how you show up in the world. The level of self-awareness may not be there. The level of accountability and responsibility is certainly not there in many instances. So to assume that he's aware and he knows the full impact, You know, I I think that's a phase for sobriety, right? I don't know if he is consciously aware of that in his addiction. And he may be. And he, you know, maybe he is. But I just wonder, is that something that you're adding there? Or is that something that has been said? Let's keep listening.
4: I have to respect my boundaries and see how I can fit him into my life. Do I currently make time to spend with my dad? No. Do I want to see him? I'm not against it. He's always telling me he's proud of me and would love to see me. I just don't know how to start to rebuild the relationship. I'm still healing from the past. I don't know where I stand in regards to the relationship with his daughter. Am I open to having a sibling relationship with her? I don't know yet. I don't want to push my brother away, but I'm worried about his outcome. I can see my father as a central factor in all these concerns. I'm open to hearing your thoughts and having any discussions. Thank
3: you. I'm not clear about what your boundaries are. I wonder if one of your boundaries is sobriety. If your boundary is sobriety, you cannot have a relationship with your dad because he is actively using. You wondered about if you can see him, if you can spend time with him. Those are things that you decide. And the amount of time that you spend with him, again, that's that's what you decide. It's not set in stone that you have to see your dad every Friday for four hours. You're not getting visitation with him. So you decide if... You know, maybe once a year, my dad and I, we meet up at a park for four hours and we text five times a year. You decide what that relationship looks like. What could work for you? And the way that you decide that is what has worked in the past? What feels okay? What are the anxiety points? What are the things that make you feel comfortable in the relationship? If it's meeting at a family member's house, so it's not so awkward, Perhaps that's the thing, how long do you stay in that space? Again, you get to decide a lot of these things and there's really no prescriptive way to say, you know, for one hour on Tuesdays, this is what you should do with your dad. This is a chaotic and complicated situation. So there's nothing that can be stated that would be perfect for your situation and I think a lot of it is going to be trial and error. Now, here's the thing. Can you fit him into your life? Maybe, maybe not. So try a few different things. Try, you know, talking to him. Figure out what length of time sort of works and figure out what length of time you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at my wits end. I can hear him drinking or, you know, his speech is starting to slur. You figure out what that point is. I know with some of my family members who have substance abuse issues, I can answer the phone. And I will hear slurred speech or I'll hear, you know, loud talking. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, doesn't sound like a good time to talk. I'll talk to you later. So maybe just having those things that are built in to be able to say to a person when you notice that they are high or they are drunk, perhaps that could be helpful for you. I certainly wouldn't want you to suffer as you're trying to build a relationship with a person who is not healing themselves. What I hear is a person who has a lot of trauma, that's you and your dad, and I hear one person trying to work through their stuff. That's you. As I'm hearing that, I'm wondering Can you work through your stuff while observing the same patterns with this person? Have you worked through your stuff enough to be able to withstand this person being themselves? Sometimes with family members, we may need to step away for a period to be able to work through our issues with them alone to be able to tolerate a person who isn't changing so it's not hey I I can never talk to him again but maybe you need a few months to do some some deep dives in therapy or to grab some workbooks to you know maybe work through some things before you can see him and and not feel so anxious and not be so frustrated and angry we need that time to sort of work through our stuff and I wonder If you're giving yourself the opportunity to work on what you need to, I hear that you're really trying to maintain this dysfunctional relationship as it is. And it just keeps going in these cycles. It just keeps going over and over in these cycles. And what will be required is that you do something different. You do something that you have not done before. I want to give you some book suggestions here. As you heard me mention, I have several family members who have alcohol issues and or drug issues. Some of the books that I found to be very helpful with alcoholism is the work of Claudia Black. She is a social worker. She has several books. A few of them stick out for me. One is Changing Courses. The other is it will not happen to me. That is a great book for children of alcoholics. And I would say anyone who is managing a relationship with a parent with an addiction. And my favorite book by her is a workbook. Repeat after me. I I just, you know, I think it really helps you get deeply into the practice of working through this stuff. Of course, my book, Drama Free, would be helpful in this situation. There's a chapter on sibling relationships, substance abuse, relationships with parents. I think it would be helpful for you to just really be in community with people who are dealing with something similar. There is a group, Al-Anon, there is, they have meetings in, in most cities and countries around the world. If you don't want to attend a group, they have a website with lots of resources. They also have a podcast. So there are just so many ways to receive support around this issue. It will be outside of your family it will happen outside of your family because it sounds like a lot of these issues exist in the family. So the support you're looking for, it might be professional help. It might be bibliotherapy where you're reading these books and practicing some of these things. It might be group conversations with a community like Al-Anon. It might be being more open with your friends, but there is some healing that needs to be done on your part to be first in a relationship with yourself around this stuff and second in the relationship with your father and with your brother you need to hear this watching people harm themselves harm others and do destructive things in their lives can be hard to watch and you get to decide if you want to watch them continue to do damage you Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Don Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. You know, I'm really interested in people who want to talk more about frenemies postpartum and father-son relationships if you are having any challenges in those areas or you're looking to process something in those areas please send us a voice note or write a letter and I would love to talk through those issues with you on you need to hear this
0: imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia the cia